But then again, who asked me? Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Whew. Now I know, I know, I'm just going to address it. I'm late, okay? Usually we release on Mondays and I said, oh, I'll release on Tuesday because we have a long weekend. And then I started really leaning into enjoying my long weekend and being outside once again. And next thing I knew, I'm at barbecue yesterday and I was like, oh no, this episode is going to have to go out on Wednesday. So here we are. I hope you guys forgive me. It will only be a one-time thing. (laughs) I'm going to blame the rosé. But... Of course, we have plenty to get into before all of the mess of this week starts. Um, You know, speaking of Memorial Day and cookouts and being outside, if you know me personally, you know that I love Issa Rae. And it looks like she had a Memorial Day party that was either like sponsored by Ciroc or just like co-hosted or maybe Diddy was just like that's my girl of course I'm gonna stop by but that looked so much fun even Diddy was like I gotta go back inside and I'm so sad that uh, we are coming to the end of Insecure because I love 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 that show um I just had to add that in there just a little tidbit Other things I wanted to hop on that are more on the Bravo train of things. Um, Jen Shaw's cousin decided to start a GoFundMe to help Jen with her legal fees. And I'm I'm confused, Jen. Excuse excuse me, what? Like, in the words of Babs from Teen Mom, you go into jail, Okay period you're going to jail and you're going to jail for you're accused for doing just the thing that your GoFundMe is trying to do swindle people out of money ah and she could not help herself because of course Jen commented on the post on Instagram and she was like oh thank you or she said something in a different language that I am not sure of I apologize but from everybody that I've read and trust um, it was along the lines of her co-signing that the um, GoFundMe was up. And it's just... Uh, so, from one legal Bravo issue to another, allegedly Caroline Manzo... I just... Allegedly Caroline Manzo wrote a letter speaking um, highly of her brother-in-law who is uh, was arrested for hiring somebody to beat up his ex-wife, who his ex-wife actually happens to be Caroline Mando's blood sister. It's a fucking mess. Now, I liked Caroline Mando. I really did. But I also very much so understand that there is something going on there. And let me tell you, family dynamics are never black and white. Like people like to say like, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't talk to his family for a reason. I think it's two things there. So Dina not talking to the rest of the family. It's, I think it's both. Okay. I think that Caroline is married to 
her husband, I can't remember, but I know they got married first and then were married for like a while. And then Dina married his brother, got with and married his brother. I just think it's a huge, huge, huge web of lies. I don't want to be involved, but here I am talking about it. But not everyone is telling the truth, okay? A lot of the Jersey housewives have been seen on it, obviously still being cool with either Caroline and or um, Dina. Teresa is tight with Dina because of her and Caroline's past issues, shocker, and just Teresa's a messy bitch, like we knew that. But it's a mess. I feel bad for everybody involved. But recently, Caroline's son, Albie, weighed in and had something to say. And then Dina tried to clap back at it. And I'm like, see, this is where we draw the line with children because he is he a child? No, but that is your nephew. Like, keep it between you and your sister. And I, ugh, I don't know. I, I start getting a headache. And hopping on up to New York. And we will get there, okay? But... Something outside of the episode, Leah got a wild hair up her ass for whatever reason and decided to go check on Carol Ratsville's Instagram and found herself blocked. Now, do I know why Carol blocked Leah? No, I didn't know they knew each other. But does Carol have her own Instagram with a block button that she is entitled to use whenever the fuck she wants? Also, yes. So she found herself blocked and Leah did a very Leah thing and screenshotted it and shared it with the rest of us on Instagram and said, oh, funny, I came over here and now I'm blocked. And I want to be like, well, Leah, you're skipping some parts. What what made you wake up and say, I want to get on Carol Radzewill's Instagram, but whatever. And then she says something along the lines of, let me know how your petty friend Ghislaine Maxwell is doing. Okay, bitch. I'm going to stop you right there because Ghislaine Maxwell, along with Jeffrey Epstein, have been photographed with multiple celebrities, famous people, Oprah, Naomi Campbell. Do you have something to say to them? Do you have something to say to them? That was such a fucking cheap shot. Such a fucking cheap shot and not, not on par with the argument at all. Okay, why are you mad that Carol blocked you? I don't give a shit why you care. You guys weren't even on the same season together. One, two, since Leah brought up Ghislaine Maxwell, it made um, another Bravo account. I'm pretty sure it was Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo because she provides me with a lot of deep dive information that I didn't realize. Um, Did a little, not even a deep dive. She didn't have to go that deep. Um, Where she had found two degrees of separation from Leah and Ghislaine. Leah's, quote-unquote, one of her best friends who threw her the season premiere party. Um, If you go to her Instagram, the things that she likes are conspiracy theorist posts on a, a account that is a man who, like, loves Andy Warhol still and thinks that he, is, or not Andy Warhol. What is that man's name? Is it Andy Warhol? Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Not Woody. Not Andy Warhol. Woody Allen. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. She tries to stand up for Woody Allen still. And then um, in it, she's found liking photos that say, we don't know if Ghislaine is innocent. We're not sure. Give her grace until the actual news comes out. You will all see her, one of her best friends, best friends is liking these photos. So excuse me again, why are you trying to call out Carol? 
That's my thing with Leah. Like, girl, you are so loud and so wrong. And it is so unnecessary. You didn't have to do this. But no, you did. You did. And she's got the type of fan base that just doesn't even do any type of research into her at all. So they're just like, yeah, Leah stuck it to her. Leah popped off. No, Leah sounds like a fucking idiot. Period. But with that, let's just hop into our Roni uh, recap. So this week on Roni, um, Sonia argued with somebody else over a man. We met Garth. Leah took a vow of silence. And Heather Holla Thompson came back. (laughs) So we get the aftermath of the argument between Sonia and Ramona. And it's honestly just ridiculous. The fact that the next morning that, again, they are even awake to talk to one another is baffling to me. They have a great talk as two friends, you know, the way two friends should be able to communicate. But the fact that Ramona, or sorry, not Ramona, Sonia, doubles down on her actions like, oh yeah, you shouldn't have said that about Wells Fargo is baffling to me. Quincy is fine. Quincy is Sonia's daughter, if you don't know. She is going to be fine whether or not Ebony gets her mortgage with JP Morgan or Wells Fargo. And let me tell you about something. I got a JP Morgan Chase credit card and their interest rates are fucking ridiculous. That shit gets on my damn nerves. All right. I'll be thinking I'm getting somewhere and then bam, interest. Maybe I should stop using it, but that's a different story for a different day. So Lu- Luann, yeah, Luann and Ramona are then having a talk about their dear friend Sonia Morgan and Luann let's remember she's a Leo now can't help herself and she's like oh she's so jealous of Garth she's jealous of Garth and Leah shows up listen I understand that Leah is having a hard time with her grandmother so is Ebony though and Ebony is not lashing out at people if someone asks you Hey, sorry, I'm just having a private conversation. Again, with these women making me understand Ramona Singer. I don't like to do that. But for once, Ramona did not do anything wrong there by just saying, hey, can you come back really quick? I'm having a conversation with Lillian about Sonia. And for Leah to say, you're such a freaking bitch. You are not about to call me a bitch all up and down my own house. And then you're also not about to talk to somebody who works at my house and say, I don't know how you fucking work for her. Honestly, did Leah even think, like, if Ramona is the monster that we think she is, did she even think that maybe she could have gotten that girl fired for saying that stuff to her? Now, granted, the woman said nothing back in retaliation to Leah, thank God. But still, please relax. And then when she goes back in there and Ebony's in there talking to Ramona because the conversation that she was having with Luann is over. And she's like, oh, but you can talk to Ebony. I'm glad Ebony said it. Oh, it's fine. Don't be mad because she liked me more than you. I I can't. I Again, I get that she's having a hard time because of her grandmother, but I'm tired. She's acting like a fucking brat. So then when she has the vow of silence and she's like, I'm just not going to speak. And she, they decide that Ebony is going to be her interpreter. You know, I'm honestly just glad that that didn't last too long because I felt some type of way about that. So, of course, you want your well-spoken, educated black friend to be your voice box while you're taking about silence because you can't help but argue with these other fucking entitled white women. 
I mean, Jesus Christ. I honestly, I want Ebony away from all of them. I know, I know that Leah is her friend, but Leah is just as ignorant to be quite honest. All right. And I wonder, I am wondering if she would have gotten in trouble for leaving because I know later on at the picnic after she breaks her silence, she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm just like not here. The whole stuff with my grandmother. But you know, Ebony says it best after Sonia and Luann were arguing on the bus. Y'all say some crazy things to each other. If somebody would have said that to me, I'm gonna need a minute. Okay. I need a minute after all the shit they do. Speaking of that argument on the bus, I don't want to agree with Luann and I don't agree with Luann I don't agree with Sonia either however these one thing these women do is share dick okay so for Sonia to say she took my bald man okay well who took Harry Dubin I mean, they all want to claim these different notorious dicks from around New York City that we've been talking about for 11 seasons and then get mad at each other over them. Who does get to, if you ask me, Aviva Drescher gets to claim Harry Dubin because she married him and had a baby with him. If you ask me, technically, Luann does get to claim Tom because she did marry him for like two minutes and 30 seconds. But she did marry him. She is right in that aspect. However, Luann, stop marrying people that Sonia fucked. Sonia, stop fucking showing these hoes your fucking sneaky links. Like, I don't, it's not that hard, okay? And, but then later on in the show, Luann wants to get pissed. She's still mad at fucking Carol Ratsville for stealing her niece's boyfriend. I want to talk to her niece. Is she still upset over Adam? All of y'all share dick. You just chip, pick and choose when somebody else is wrong for it. And it's fucking stupid. None of you are with Tom. None of you are with Harry. I don't think Carol and Adam are together, but it don't matter because Carol not on the damn show anymore. But the fight that ensued between them, I'm not going to sit. I, listen, I agree with everything Ebony says for the most part on this show. And she is right. Sonia doesn't need to be yelled at in that moment. She really doesn't. But I'm one of, listen, I'm a fire sign. So I'm just kind of go the tough love route. Again, not quite what Luann was saying, but we watch Sonia need coddling for years and years and years and years. And how how much are we going to do? Okay. And Sonia's not exactly just getting these daggers thrown at her she's throwing them back all right she holding her own okay she need to hold her own and drink some water because it's it's looking bad for my girl so when we're at the winery leah takes upon herself again to bring up what are we gonna do about heather and i just wish she would drop it i really wish she would because when leah met heather for a second in the berkshires Heather seemed to be lovely to her, unless we missed something. And I don't think we did, because if we did, then Leah would have fucking told us about it. She didn't let it come up naturally, and that's the thing that is so annoying to me about it. And just like everybody else said, I don't, you're not telling me that Luann and 
Sonia may not have known, but you're not telling me that Luann didn't know that Heather said that on her podcast. Luann is a Leo. She is so fucking self-involved. She probably has a Google alert of every variation of her name. Countess, Luann, Della Seps, what was, whatever Tom's last name was. Tom, shit. She has a Google alert for all of it. Okay. You're not convincing me that she doesn't know. This was a poorly, poorly produced argument so when heather shows up sonia's like she's not gonna do my hair so she can talk about it on her podcast sonia baby you are giving us so much more content to talk about other than your hair heather as well so of course some they have to you know oh podcast podcast leah says oh i don't do my podcast anymore since because i was just so tired of talking that's not true you're talking right now and you're about to talk too much and get your fucking face cracked. So by the time they finally bring up the elephant and the podcast in the room, let me tell you, I bet you after this, Bravo's like, listen, none of y'all can do no more podcasts. Between Summer House and this episode, I feel like I'll be like, no more. We're not doing this anymore. Not while the season is airing or filming. We can't do it. But, you know, Heather proves her wrong. She says, no, I didn't say that about Luann. I said it X, Y, Z, and she explains herself. And Leah just can't let the mouse go. And she looks, she's sitting there, and she look, gets on the internet to find something else and brings up, oh, well, nothing with Luann is ever as it, as it is, blah, blah, blah. And Heather says, yeah, that's what I said. Girl, just let it be. Something else will come up. However, for her to just sit there and keep picking and picking and picking, I was like, you kind of sound dumb right now. Like for real, for really real, you sound really dumb. And at the end of it, of course, we start talking about dick and balls and eating ass and blah, blah. And I know that Leah is sex positive and I respect that for her and anybody else who wants to be. And this is my thing. I was having this discussion with one of my friends and about sex positivity. One, I have an issue with, well, not an issue, but Leah says, I feel like if a guy doesn't eat your ass, he's not a real man. All right, well, Leah, you like your ass ate. That don't mean I like my ass ate. I really hope if my mom's listening to this episode, sorry, girl, I should have warned you. But that doesn't mean everybody wants their ass ate, okay? I literally know people who didn't like it. But don't say, oh, if you don't do that, then you're not a real man. That's If a man were to say, you know, oh, God, I'm going to sound like a devil's advocate person. Ugh, I'm going to finish my thought, though. If they were to say, oh, if a girl don't want to get on top, she don't blah, blah, blah. No, all right? Everybody's sexual experiences, likes and dislikes are different. So we do need to respect that. I know it's said in a cheeky type of way, like, oh, if you don't eat your ass, you're not a real man, blah, blah. And as far as Ramona, <laughs> as far as Ramona not wanting to talk about sex, again, I fucking hate that y'all are making me agree with Ramona. I do know people who they love to get their freak on. They really do. They just don't want to sit there and talk to me about it, which I can respect. I am a more vulgar person. However, if somebody tells me, hey, I just, I don't want to talk about this stuff in front of X, Y, and Z. I have nothing to do but respect that and say, all right, cool. 
Yes, we all know. We saw the picture of Ramona sucking face with Harry Dubin. We all know that she's probably on fucking Raya and Tinder and Bumble and all the above. And she loves men. All right. But if she don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to make her talk about it. I don't also don't want to talk about sex with Ramona. (laughs) I really don't. We know she's a hypocrite. We know this. So let's just stop. Apparently next week is when shit goes down. I really don't know if I have the capacity, especially after Beverly Hills this uh, week, because listen, Bravo in the race, we are, a we gonna have some problems. All right. So speaking of that, let's just get into Beverly Hills while we're at it. So, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Originally I had planned on just recapping the entire episode of Beverly Hills, which obviously I'm going to recap it, but I I do want to focus on the core of the episode, which is, you know, the two conversations, the one at the beginning with Garcelle and Kyle, and then the one at the end with uh, Crystal and Sutton. Well, Kyle was there too for that one. Because we're at this point in Bravo that I feel like every time we look up, we're getting an apology or demanding an apology or, you know, looking for one. And I am fucking tired of this shit. Because, again, where is the listening and learning? You said you were doing it. So fucking do it. It's not hard. And I know we're all human. Okay. But... Y'all asking for so much grace all the time. And there's only so much I have to give. So we open the episode with Garcelle and Kyle going to sit down and have a talk about why their relationship is skewed. And, you know, I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but I understood immediately, obviously I'm black, but I understood immediately last year when, um, Kyle said that at the reunion, you raised your paddle at my charity and then didn't donate and accused Garcelle of that. It is a huge, huge stereotype that we as black people don't pay our bills to the point where I overpay. I mean, I I, honestly, I could get into all of the things that I do when it comes to money and paying for things to try and shake like the, and try and not, I know I shouldn't say shake, try to not be labeled as something. And honestly, it's not for me because I'm an honest person. All right. I know I'm paying my bills and doing what I need to do and taking care of my business, but it's still the notion that we, sometimes we as black people feel like we need to overcompensate for something because we don't want to be labeled a certain way. So I am glad that Kyle listened to Garcelle. And when Garcelle says, you know, I have been at restaurants where I have gotten terrible service and I have to decide whether or not I'm going to even tip. I didn't get great service. However, if I don't tip, they're going to say, oh, of course she didn't tip because she's black. And something about, I work in the service industry. I've been in the service industry for years. I've served, I've bartended. And I have heard and seen so many goddamn things when it comes to, you know, racism in serving. 
I have had coworkers, you know, get mad, say that they're not going to help certain people because um, I say certain people, let's be honest here, keep funky black people because they just assume they're not going to tip. I've been stiffed by everybody, every single body. Okay. And it is something that it's just so frustrating. Uh, I've seen coworkers, you know, have absolute shit attitudes with black people at their tables. And then when they don't tip them, they that's what they get labeled, you know? And then when they do tip them, it's, oh, I'm surprised they even tipped me. These are the real life experiences that people need to hear. So I'm glad that Bravo showed it and I'm glad that Kyle listened and she wasn't ignorant about it, unlike Sutton later in the episode. But at the same time, when Kyle said, well, no, it wasn't that. It's because we weren't friends. Kyle, so even if you were friends, that doesn't stop people from, it doesn't, she may not, Kyle herself may not have thought it. And she said herself, she doesn't handle the money, which is also why I don't know why she even fucking said anything if she's not directly handling the money. But You may not have said like, oh, I'm not going to say anything because Garcelle's my friend, but the person who handles your money might, and you know, the people who, other people that are in your charity might have said anything, oh, Kyle's friend Garcelle didn't pay because you know why. It still did nothing to protect Garcelle as a black woman. However, again, glad she listened, glad she learned something and hopefully retained it. All we can do is look for changed behavior whatever. So the women head to Tahoe in one of the most gorgeous mansions I have ever seen. And they are beside themselves when they find out they have to bring their own bags down from the car. I mean, how dare COVID be happening? And how dare there not be a bellman? You would have thought that you asked those ladies to dig holes for gold. And I'm literally picturing the movie Holes. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. Well, that's just too damn bad. That's what they were acting like. And I'm just like, okay. Kyle cooked dinner for everyone and burnt the shit out of it also. Y'all. So much, so much when it came to Kyle cooking that dinner. Because first off, she told the chef... Oh, honey, you can have the night off and proceeded to boss her around and actually have her cook the dinner. But Kyle just sat there and told her and then she fucking burned it. Also, that salmon, I don't care that she burned that salmon because I looked at it and there was not enough seasoning on it. Y'all don't argue with me on it. There looked like there was just pepper and lemon and not the good lemon pepper seasoning, just straight lemon and pepper. And it didn't look good. And then she had the audacity to go around and say, who didn't eat their food? Nobody did, Kyle. It was burnt to a crisp. Huh. So we learn more about the all of the women, except for Erica, except for maybe that she wore a wire. Um, and at this point, I'm starting to realize that if we're going to this route where Erica's going to be like some type of hero because she wore a wire and helped the feds bust Tom, I don't care. 
because, oh, you were a wire in a government case, but you have gold-plated guns like you're a fucking gangster or some shit all around your studio. Girl, I, whatever. Um, They did, we did see on the internet that they were in Tahoe the last week of October and she filed for divorce um, November 3rd. So apparently that may be an important fact. Again, I'm starting to care less and less whether she is involved or not, I still don't care for Erica Girardi as a housewife. And no one's going to change my mind on that. All right. So Garcelle goes to Lisa Renna to try and have an honest conversation with her. Because obviously Lisa is missing the point while trying to own it at the same time. And Lisa is very just okay about it. I don't. I'm not saying that I think Lisa Renna needs to take a season off because she, one, she won't. But two, I just don't know what she's trying to do with Garcelle. Because last episode, she was like kissing her ass and was like, I want to make this right, blah, blah, blah. And then when Garcelle goes to like clear things up and be like, hey, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Like, I don't necessarily trust you yet. Lisa's pretty much like, well, I might say something again to piss you off and you'll let me know and then I won't do anything about it. So Miss Hamlin once again got on my nerves, but she's entertaining. So then we get to the second, well, this is actually the main, main event. I would say Garcelle and Kyle's conversation was the, um, yeah, the opening to the main event. And uh, later on that night, Kyle, Sutton, and Crystal, you know, all stay up a little bit later, you know, having some girl talk. And Kyle tells them, you know, I'm glad that me and Garcelle talked. I feel a whole lot better about it, X, Y, and Z. And at the beginning, Sutton sounds like she's like, yeah, like, you know why Garcelle was mad at you. And then it just took, it all took a turn. However, I absolutely must must commend Miss Crystal Minkoff for the how she handled that entire situation from beginning to end. And when I mean beginning, I mean when Kyle started telling the story. Because as a person who was not there, Crystal wasn't a part of the show. She could have so, so, so easily been like, oh, okay. And just not said anything. Again, she wasn't a part of the show then. She doesn't really know any of these ladies. She has no friendship or allyship to any of them. Um, personal allyship, I should say. And I was so, you know, happy to when Kyle said what she did to see Crystal's face naturally go, oh, in disdain. Because some oftentimes people will be like, oh, I wasn't involved in that and I don't want to be involved. And it can be other black people, you know, people of color in general. I've had that happen to me with fellow black people as well, where they're like, mm, I, don't, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to be involved in this. I'm not gonna, you know, but Crystal didn't do that. She was right up to the plate with Miss Queen B. And I'm using Queen air quotes when I say Queen B. Kyle. And then in that moment, when I was so happy that Crystal was standing up for Garcelle and trying to explain her point of view from her own, you know, 
acts of prejudice against her. Here comes Sutton. Just here to ruin the fucking whole conversation where we could have learned something from Chris, from Crystal. And she's like, we're not talking about it. Listen, I understand that Sutton was drunk. That's obvious. But drunk or sober, we cannot deny that this is Sutton's second time that she has said something completely racially insensitive. Last season, she made that ki- that comment about having a kitchen. You don't have a kitchen, okay? You don't. And I know you've been told that, and I know that she's had a conversation about that with a black woman. And here she is again, just fucking up. All right. I really do try. I'm not going to lie. I, I hold the grudge when people say racially insensitive things. I cannot help it. Um, I think that everybody is able to learn, you know, and grow from things. But me personally, when somebody says or does something racist, I do not forget it for a very, 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 very long time. So Sutton in there somewhere is trying to tell us, you know, oh, you don't think I feel a type of way when I see a dumbass hillbilly? Girl, not the same. And again, I don't know why you had to start talking. It had, you didn't have to do this. But Crystal, once again, held her own and cleared her. Okay, she said what needed to be said and Sutton shut right the hell up. If we got a to be continued, and again, that was a good use of a to be continued label. It is unclear if, you know, the argument that they get into next week is a continuation of the um, her interrupting Crystal. But obviously, we've seen the uh, previews for the rest of the season. Those are two women that just don't get along. Whether or not it's a personality thing or a you know, it stems from this conversation is to be determined. But of course, Sutton has since apologized. And you know, she it was a straight to the point apology and uh, Crystal has accepted. But I just feel like we are looking up every time we look up, we are seeing these apologies and it's exhausting, but also necessary. So speaking of apologies, I'm still waiting for one from Teresa Judice because she said some things on this New Jersey reunion that were just, ugh. So speaking of every time we look up, we see, I feel like we see apology after apologies from these Bravo liberties. One person I have yet to see a fucking apology from is Teresa Judice. And Jennifer Aiden, for that matter. Because I'm not going to lie, that shit that happened at the reunion with them, uh uh-uh, that was not it. Now, I I know everyone's like, Jennifer had such a great reunion. I I do think she had a great reunion. I do like Jennifer Aiden, but I, in liking her, I'm going to also say, like, she has some of the most misogynistic, slut shaming victim shaming views i have ever seen just outright and she her neither her her nor teresa even try and deny it they're like yeah that's who i am as a person and it fucking sucks okay as much as i want to lean into me liking jennifer aiden i cannot stand that because that all that whole thing that they did was fucking disgusting but i will get there I have a friend rewatching Jersey from the beginning right now, and it made me go back and look at just some clips. 
Um, and I was watching the extended clip of when uh, Danielle pulled Marge's hair. And I forgot Drita said, all right, they're even now. Or Drita, see, I fore- foreshadowed. Dolores said, oh, they're even now right before the hair pull when uh, Danielle emptied Marge's purse out or whatever the fuck that she did. Which is, all right, they're even, they're even. Dolores reminds me of Drita from Mob Wives. And I used to be obsessed with Mob Wives and Drita. No matter who was against Drita, I was team Drita. I want to see Dolores and Drita on a show together. I wonder if they know each other. I think Mob Wives was in New York City, though. But I feel like they can't be too, too far away from each other. But anyways, so... On this last part of the New York, New Jersey reunion, I'm going to be honest. I realized I don't think we needed three parts for this. Everyone was kind of like, why don't we have three parts? Blah, blah, blah. I think we're good because at one point we started rebeating the fucking analogy horse. And we've already squashed that. Why? Because Teresa was on fucking Jackie's hayride birthday party. So we don't need three. And it was a shorter season. <sighs> so one thing I also want to make a point from this reunion. Jennifer Aiden is a sloppy drunk. And Jennifer Aiden is not an alcoholic. Those two things can coexist. Okay. They're acting as if every time Jennifer gets. Or they're acting as if if Jennifer gets drunk, she's an alcoholic. She's not. Okay. I don't think that. The woman has like five kids. She's stressed. When she, it's time for her to have a good time, it's time for her to have a good time. However, when she starts having a good time, she gets sloppy. And that's all right. Some people do that. Okay. Everybody handles their alcohol differently. But to call that woman an alcoholic and be like, your kid saw you like that, that was unfair. That was below the belt. But that girl, no, she cannot walk as soon as she get a little bit of alcohol in her. <laughs> So, I guess let's just talk about Teresa and Jennifer and the victim shaming. Again, I I do like Jennifer Aiden. I just hate when she starts trying... Go after Marge all you want to. I think her and Marge actually have a really good sparring relationship. But she has to stop bringing up Marge's past. And sexual past, I should say. It's not a good look, okay? I don't know how many other ways people need to explain it to her, but she's just gonna, she she just doesn't get it. And for Teresa Judice to say what she said to Jackie after Andy asked Jackie, have you ever felt, you know, pressured from bosses, men, since Jackie was a lawyer and she says, yes, you know, they've massaged my shoulders before. And Teresa, without even skipping a beat, says, and you let them. Oh, my God. I, I don't understand. It's exhausting to me. And like I said in a couple episodes ago, I actually have not minded Teresa this season for the first time ever. But I don't get it. If somebody listening out there that's a tree hugger can explain to me why you guys let this woman just say whatever. And please don't let it be the excuse that Teresa's stupid. Don't let it be that. Because I don't care how dumb you are. You can't say things like that. 
another person that was not doing the listening and the learning. And my God, I hope for the life of me, she is giving no one advice. If if uh, I don't want somebody to touch me, they're not going to. Like it was like a repeated blow to the fucking face. I was like, oh, she's gonna she's gonna keep doing this. Okay, okay. And then just sat there like, what, what, what did I say wrong? I don't get it. So if I have any tree, uh, yeah, tree huggers who listen to this podcast, please. Come slide in my DMs, explain to me what it is besides the fact that she's stupid, why y'all look for, everybody looks for an apology from everybody else except for that woman right there because it makes zero fucking sense. (sighs) But moving on, I am very positive that Dolores is going to say no more David talk that he will not be a part of her storyline after this year. Kind of like Ariana from Vanderpump uh, said that she wasn't discussing marriage and babies as hers anymore. I feel like Dolores is going to hit that uh, with David, which I totally, totally understand. I absolutely get that. They need to let it go. (sighs) But besides that, I mean, I do feel like this last part of the reunion, we were just kind of rehashing some old shit, you know, for, at one point they were talking about Joe cheating, which he definitely did. Um, and she told, I mean, again, she told us, yeah, I think he did. And now she's trying to take it back. Teresa just, I'm glad that they finally got the apology out of her because it was getting exhausting. But at the same time, Teresa's going to be Teresa and she's going to do it again. Okay. And for the record, I'm still very lost about Evan saying, oh, this could ruin my uh, reputation as a businessman. You're a straight man from like on TV. Like, no, I don't. I'm still, I don't think a cheating rumor would ruin his career. I'm just so confused. So why they keep saying that it's going to ruin my career. It could ruin my career. It could ruin my career. Not really. I mean, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. (sighs) At the end of the day, we ended Jersey. Everybody seemed to be on, you know, great terms with one another. Teresa said, you know, I was thinking while they were showing that clip of the guys golfing, Louie likes golf. I don't want to see Louie golf. I don't want to see Louie do anything with anybody on the screen. And it's crazy to me because we've all seen the dirty Louie jokes, the, you know, um, allegations against him of certain things. And it's just like, Teresa, it does not matter what anybody says. Teresa is going to believe that he hung the moon and the stars. And it's scary for her because I don't want her taken advantage of or her daughters or anything. But at this point, it's kind of lost upon her because they asked her about it and she's like no he's in this position because of me and people are making up lies because of me no Teresa he's I don't think he's a nice person he might be a con artist we literally did this with Brooks and Vicky in the OC but again they're like Teresa's not smart and it's fine no it's not fine it's exhausting I also saw those pictures of them on vacation this week and why is he every time he kisses her he looks like he's going down to do the fucking splits I'm so confused they are not a cute couple to me 
he is just, I don't trust him. I do not trust him at all. And the fact that no, well, we all find it weird. She doesn't find it weird that he watched the entire show before getting with her. Even Melissa was making a face. Okay, but then here we cut to the men in the back and freaking Joe Gorga is like, hey, my brother-in-law. Are you serious? Are you serious? Maybe they're cut from the same cloth. I don't fucking know. I really don't know. But ultimately, I will say this. Jennifer had a strong first part of the reunion. Second part of the reunion, eh, not that great. Everyone was like praising her, saying, oh, she did so good. She, we're going to give her a B plus. She was a B plus student for this reunion, okay? I'm not willing to give her an A, one for the slut shaming and victim blaming, and then two for, um, not just not having the strongest argument, you know, I thought she was going to be coming with a little bit more heat on that second part of the reunion, but she didn't. We'll see what's to come. Um, I don't think they need to do any, any cast changing when it comes to Jersey. I think we are good as is. I haven't seen any, um, rumors that there may be any cast changes, but you never know with Bravo. So, I'm going to, I saved a little bit of pop culture for the end here. So we're going to get into that. And it's something that I didn't necessarily want to talk about, but I'm being forced to. I'm just kidding. I'm not being forced to. I just wanted to. (laughs) So the little bit of pop culture that I saved for the end of this episode is, it's more of a confession. It's not a report of any kind. Um, But yes, we're going to call it a confession. And I'm just here to say... I, unlike everybody else, I'm not happy Ben and Jennifer are back together. (laughs) I have not said that out loud to anyone. I really haven't talked to anybody about it and I've been asked about it and I've just kind of like swerved it. But I have to say, I sat with it for a little bit. I know a lot of people are happy. They love them as a couple. I'm not. And I can't quite tell you why. But I am not happy that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together. I don't like it. I think, first of all, I personally feel like Ben Affleck was her one true love. And I know he did her pretty dirty in the beginning. I know it was like a preteen when that first happened, but I do remember hearing about all of it. And I just don't trust him after that. Like, why are we doing this? That is not the... The love that I saw, you know, reuniting again after a while and then actually working out. Maybe he's learned something, though. I hope so. You know, and I also know there was a picture of her and Mark Anthony. Everybody was like, why are they together? They have children together. That's one person she need to be with. They got a lot of stuff to talk about. But yes, it feels good to finally be able to say it. You know, I don't I'm not a supporter of J-Lo and Ben being back together. Let's leave Jenny from the block. Let's leave that music video in the past where it is. But that's just me. Don't come for me, okay? I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to change my damn mind. But besides that, I am still working on the IGTV for Bachelorette. Um, I am 
honing in on a name. You know, I'm hoping that this season gives us something to talk about so it's not a bust because y'all know I've explained my relationship with The Bachelor and Bachelorette before, but we will see. That is coming at you. I'm still trying to figure out. It's probably going to, The Bachelorette comes on on Monday. I think it'll, the IGTV recaps will come out on Thursday is what I'm planning on, but you know, things happen. So as soon as I know, y'all will know. <laughs> but that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Um, per usual, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review, um, turn on notifications, whatever, whatever it is that you do that lets you know that there is a new podcast episode out. Um, please follow me on Instagram at Who Asked Me Podcast. And yeah, I will talk to y'all over there. We'll get back into the mess next week.